0: Hey man, glad you guys are here. I love that song. Uh, we, we meet under the name of Jesus. That is our, if you're like, hey, what denomination are you? Uh, we're a Jesus church. And so our big thing is Jesus. And so we, every week you come, you hear a lot about Jesus. And the answer is always Jesus. And how do you get to the answer? It's Jesus. So we just talk about Jesus all the time. And we get community groups. We talk about Jesus. And so if you don't like Jesus, it's going to be difficult because um, it's just always about Jesus. But we're glad uh, you're here today. Um, I love that song because it says, hey, what a powerful name it is. And we believe, um, I, I just in watching all the last few weeks' um, events on social media and on the news uh, channels, that we just believe that there's nothing that can fix anything that's going on except for the name of Jesus. And we believe that, that we can get overwhelmed or we can get sidetracked by all that's going on, or we could focus on the name of Jesus. But one of the things that says in that song is that, um, that my sin was great. My sin was great, but God's love was greater. And I I know in this room in here today, we we should all be thankful that there's a God who loves us. And even though our sin is huge, God's love is that much greater. And it covers all of us. And God isn't afraid of your sin. If you came here today thinking, man, I don't know if I can be here today because I'm pretty... I'm pretty, I got a lot of issues, like your issues don't scare Jesus, uh, to Jesus your issues are like preschool level, like they're not that big of a deal, he loves you still, and so we're glad you're here today, if you're just joining us um, today, we want you to know that you're welcome, and you're wanted here today, um, uh, a lady uh, came in today, and I said, hey, how'd you find the church, and she goes, well, I've seen uh, I've seen um, the signs in my neighborhood, and I'm like, oh great, what neighborhood do you live in, you know, I thought one of you weirdos made up your own signs, you know, and um She's like, oh, I live in Forestbrook. And she's like, I uh, said, oh, I in that neighborhood. She goes, are you the one that drives that, that Hope Church truck? I'm like, no, that's my wife. And uh, <clears throat> I got nervous. I didn't know what that meant. I'm like, was I, has I been driving fast? I mean, have I been driving fast, like, in my neighborhood? But um, she's here today, and we're glad you're here today. However you got here, we want you to know we're glad you're here. Some of you guys came today, and you're like, hey, I brought my friend and um, have been begging that friend or asking that friend? But if you're that friend today, we're glad you made it today, and uh, we hope that you're encouraged and inspired here today, and that you'll leave here changed and uh, be inspired. So we kicked off the this year with a series called "A New Way to Be Human." A new way to be human. We believe that God came on this earth, and he, he the way that the way that human humanity was work the way humanity was going, it wasn't working. So Jesus actually came to earth so we could have, so there could actually be a new way to be human. And we believe that there's a new way to be human. The Bible says that if you move into relationship with Jesus Christ, and if you f- start following that name that is Jesus, then you're a new creature. And all the oldest passed away, and you can become new. And so we just believe there's a whole new world, um, like the Little Mermaid. And we believe like there's a whole new world for us. We can live a whole new kind of human in a relationship with Jesus. And so we kicked off the year with a, with a moleskin, or maybe you kicked it off with your, your phone and you wrote down seven things that I'm gonna do better in 2017, or I'm gonna do 17 things better in 2017, and we're 20 something weeks in here and you've already failed at that. Um, if you're honest, I'm gonna go to the gym every single day for this year, and you've already missed like all the time. And um, I uh, I have a confession. Um, we're three minutes in, and here's your first CrossFit reference. Um, can I give you guys like an honest to goodness like pastor transparency moment? Which it happens every week and. My wife's nervous when I say those things. If I have to set it up with pastor and transparency, it's going to be weird. Here's the deal. Um, here's, here's what happened to me this week. It happened uh, with my CrossFit coach who's in the back. I uh, am a friend. When you miss church, I miss you. And you're not here. You're like, oh, no. And you may think, man, he never misses me. I know. I mean, there's however many people are here today. I, I can, when we walk out of here today, I can tell you, oh, so-and-so wasn't here today. Oh, so-and-so wasn't here today. Oh, so-and-so wasn't today. I can, I can name 20 people who weren't here today, just like that. You can ask my wife. We'll get in the car. And we'll go to, to to lunch, and on the way back, and if you want to go to lunch with us today, you're more than welcome to. I think we're going to five guys today. I'm already hungry. I'm just saying. So, um... Uh, but I, I'll tell you who who wasn't there. I know uh, Erica and Abner aren't here today. She's running a half marathon. Tyler and Jen, they texted me this morning, we're going to be late because we're going to go watch her run the half marathon. And those who can't run half marathons will watch people run half marathons. It makes perfect sense. That way everybody gets a participation award, you know, for that. And so, I'm just kidding, kind of. Um, but basically, you, if you don't, you go and watch. And so, I'll, I'll know that they're right there. And I can't start shooting off names because they'll go watch the people that aren't here. They'll listen to the podcast and be like, man, why is he talking about me? Um, but we'll miss you. And so, this past week, I, I, I text Lee. And I was like, hey, um, missed you today. And he's like, um, I, I said, miss, <laughs> missed you today. He's like, well, it's because you didn't come work out. That, that's why you miss me. Like, I, I'm here. I'm, I'm here. And he's like, you know, come work out, and, and I'm like, oh, I said, I said, and he sent that back to me. I'm like, well, that was kind of rude. Well, <laughs> I, t- like, took it back, and, and the reason why I'm telling that story is because this is because sometimes there's two kinds of people. There's, there's people that come to church, they want to be missed, and there's people who don't want to be missed. You know, you know what I'm saying? You're like, some of you guys are trying to figure out which person you are. You're like, is that even a bad thing? Our church, our pastor's supposed to be insane what he's saying, so, so what I'll do is I'll get your number, and I'll be like, hey, I'm going to text, Dukes and Brittany. They're here today, so this isn't a bad thing. I'm like, hey, I missed you guys today, but what happens is you get that text message for the people that don't want to miss, they're kind of like, who's this guy I think he is? I had a legitimate excuse to miss church. I'm not judging you. I'm telling you that I miss you, but because you feel, you automatically, in your mind, you already feel judged, so you're kind of, so I had that moment this week with Leah. I'm like, hey, admission. you, and he's like, that's because you weren't here, and I was like, so that's how it feels. <laughs> to be the guy that doesn't want to be missed or feels judged because he did miss. And so when you're not here, man, we miss you guys, um, but you're here today, and so we're, we're glad. But um, well, we kicked off the year with this Moleskine, and you took out a, a calendar or you took out something. You wrote down how you're going to be better in 2017. And we introduced this idea, this, this progression, basically that when you came to that conclusion, you were basically for you to change the actions. It actually starts on the inside of you. If you're going to do something different this year, it actually starts inside your, your heart. You know, for you to live, for you to exist, all the blood has to flow through a heart. And that heart has to pump the blood and it has to keep the clean stuff in and the bad stuff out. It has to be working. So you have to have a heart. And the best hearts we know, the healthy hearts, our hearts work best when they're in a healthy environment. When good stuff's going in and all the bad stuff's going out and everything's, everything's tracking. So we want you to have a, a healthy heart. So many people get so excited about the outside and jesus really wants your heart to be right but we know that from the day we were born because of adam and eve the bible says that we wake up with a broken heart and so because of that only for our heart to be fixed is by by jesus and i brought in russell stover's uh, five dollar box of, of chocolate and the illustration behind the, the chocolate was basically is that our heart is like this like these chocolates all kinds of weird chocolate in these boxes there's stuff you like, there's stuff you don't like. It, it'd be easy for us to say, if I were to pass this around to a, some of you guys say, oh, I don't like that. Oh, I like that. And the one that you don't like, the person next to you could possibly like it. But we fill our hearts with all kinds of imperf- imperfections or some stuff that's not good for us. And so we get our hearts, when we get our heart right, then we can actually be right. And we can live the life that God's called us to live. But when Satan sees that we get our heart right, he goes to the second thing that we talked about was our mind. And our mind is dangerous. Like we think of some whacked out stuff inside of our, our mind. I think last week I might have used the word ratchet. But we get some ratchet thoughts inside our mind. And, they, and, and Satan gets in. He doesn't got to throw like a big thing at you. He just throws a little thing inside your mind. And he begins to run wild in there. Just a little bit of things. Uh, um, the psalm says this, that, 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 that Satan just throws a little thing in there. It's just the little things. Uh, the Bible New Testament uses the, the word weeds and we just a little bit of weeds and a little bit of problems, and then he begins to blow them up and our mind can get so inundated with all the stuff and Satan doesn't try to because Satan can't take your heart from you, he can't take your walk from Jesus from your heart because the Bible says that God once you give your heart to Jesus, that no man can take that from no man, no person can take your heart away from Jesus. So Satan knows he can't take your heart so he goes automatically he goes to the second option, he goes to your mind, he begins to fester inside your your mind, and it's our desire that you have a healthy mind. We want you to have a healthy mind because when your mind's healthy, then, you, again, if your heart's right, then that helps. If your mind's right, then that helps. Well, I want to talk to you guys today about a third thing because I think there's a, there's a third part. There's a, there's a verse in the Bible, and um, it's in the Old Testament and the New Testament. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. The Bible says is that we're called to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and all of our mind, or the Bible says strength. In different translations, it says heart, soul, and mind. Heart, soul, and mind. We're called to love God all of our heart, and all of our mind, and all of our soul. And what Satan does is he knows he can't take your heart, so who after he'll go after your, your mind. And I, I started looking at this word soul this week, and I'm thinking, man, I can't even, you, we can't, it's even, it's hard for doctors and, and, and people who make a lot of money to put together what actually a soul actually is. And if I, were, if I were to walk up to you today and ask you the question, how is your soul? You'd be like, what's my soul? Or if I said, hey, explain to me your soul. You'd have a hard time explaining the word soul. You'd be like, I, I have no idea, Wes, what a soul is. Like, you have to help me out with that. Explain to me what soul is, then I'll tell you how my soul is doing. And I, so I looked at, I got up my Bible, and if you, if you use the Bible on, on, on a phone, um, it, you can go to YouVersion app, and you can type in the word soul, and soul starts popping up in the Old Testament. It kind of just starts going. And I, so I realized, I man, the soul must be a big thing. So I dug a little bit further. And the Bible talks about, even in Genesis, that God made man. He made you and he made me. when he made us, we were lifeless. But then it says in that, in that scripture that God actually breathed in to our soul and we became alive. And the only way for you to live and the only way for you to come alive in this world is for God to breathe into your soul. Wes, can you give me a better definition of soul? I can't. I can't even. I, I do a bad job at even describing. I kept on studying soul, and, and I'm, I'm even, like, I'm like Wikipedian soul. Like, you know you're desperate when you're going to the Internet to find definitions for the word soul, and, and not even that can help explain to you or help you get your mind around it. So I started talking a little bit further about this idea of soul, and I realized this. The soul is the thing that takes you places. The soul is the, is the thing inside of you that takes you places. Let me explain a little bit further. I, a year ago, I, um, or a year and a half ago, whenever I decided I was going to start a church, Diana's dad came to me. He goes, hey, I'm going to buy you a pair of shoes. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> I was like, I'll start two churches. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let's keep it going. He's like, I'm going to buy you shoes. Because the Bible says in, in the scriptures, how beautiful are the feet of those who take the gospel to the world. So I'm like, that's a good play on verses right there. Like, that works well. So I started thinking about this word soul a little bit more. I, I, was, I was telling the, the group earlier today, I, I used to be a middle school teacher. It was a train wreck, as you can imagine. <clears throat> but I, I, I learned quickly, a couple days into being a teacher, they only gave me four classes because they knew seven classes would either kill the kids or kill me. <laughs> I realized, I, I learned really quickly that the, having the right kind of soles on your shoes, It matters. It matters because if you're going to stand on your feet for two or three or four hours, you have to have the right kind of soles. My son, this week uh, for Christmas, he got a pair a, a pair of a Nike a pair of Nike football cleats. So the other day, I say, I said, son, what are you doing? Because oh, I'm going outside. But he has a basketball in his hand, but he has football cleats, on. I'm like, son, are you confused or what? He's like, no, dad, I'm not confused. I'm going next door to play um, play basketball. With the neighbors. I'm like, you're going to make fun of you. They're going to make fun of you, son. He goes, why, Dad? I said, because you're going to play basketball, but you have the wrong kind of soles on. You, those, you're supposed to have flat bottoms. You're not supposed to have spikes on the bottom of your... So, of course, they're over there, and they're, like, doing, like... The dad's, the dad's probably a better dad than I am. It doesn't take a whole lot, but he's just... Basketball drills. Head up, son. Right here. And they're doing crawls. These kids are getting... there. there is my goofy son over there with football cleats on. I was so embarrassed, I couldn't even go over and talk to the neighbor. I'm like, hey, Don... I don't even, I can't explain him. It, he's his mom's son. I don't know. I don't know what the deal is, but he's out there. Your souls, your souls matter. Having the right kind of souls. Matt, if, you, if you're a runner today, I saw one of my friends post a picture. She got a new pair of shoes. Ready for the next, she said, next 800 miles or whatever it is. You have to have the right kind of souls. If you're a runner, I wouldn't go out and run in Kohans. That wouldn't be a, that isn't a good idea. Like if I, someone was chasing me, I might would run in them, but, but I'm not. I, we'll, we'll load this trailer up outside in, or later today. and when it, Some of the stuff that's heavy, if I go to push off, I, they, they slide, because these don't have the right kind of souls to be doing that with. And so I realize the soul is the thing that takes you places. Whatever's in your soul, whatever's in your mind's soul, is, is the thing that's going to take us to where we think that we're supposed to go. If, if in your soul is stuff then you're gonna, it's gonna take you to more stuff. And so I started looking at soul a little bit further. The Bible, the Bible is clear about the soul being a big deal. And the Bible even says in Mark chapter eight, what do, you, what do you benefit if you gain the whole entire world but you actually lose your soul? So I think in this room in here today, there are souls that are lost. And I think there are souls, probably majority of you, we have souls that are tired. They are tired Souls. I, I think I mentioned this last week, but have, have any of you guys seen the show on Netflix, um, Minimalist? Have you, have you seen that? Any of you guys seen that? Pretend like you're Pentecostal and just throw your hand in the air. <laughs> uh, I, I, watched, I, I watched this weekend and Giselle said, oh, you ought to watch um, Living on One Dollar. Basically, the whole concept around this minimal, uh, minimalist life is that you just string down everything that you have. And you're like Wes. Why, why are you sharing that with us? The reason why I'm sharing that with you is because I think some, I think there's two enemies to our soul. The number one enemy I think to our soul is consuming, consuming stuff. And I didn't put the word stuff there because you may not consume stuff. You, you, yours may be some. May, yours may be. I just got to consume. You name the thing that you you like to consume. These guys in this show. There's this one guy. He basically got rid of all of his stuff. And he got, got his life down to just two bags only. There was a lady in this documentary. She, she has 33 clothing items. That's all she has. It's all this about this streaming down. There's this movement. If you go on Facebook, and I don't even care if you do it now During in the middle of the message, but there's a thing called the tiny house movement. These people are moving into these houses that are basically about the size of this stage. Could you imagine taking all that you have and packing it in? In just the size of this stage, these are 8 feet um, long. This is 24 feet by 8 feet. Could you imagine living life in 24 feet? You're like, man, he's quick with math. I know. Could you imagine living all of your life in, 24, in, in, the, in a 24 foot by 8 foot section? These guys went on to say in this show that, did you, did you know this, back to the consuming, that basically advertisers, that's their big deal is that they want to, they want you to consume. Our world wants you to consume. Our economy is based on consumption. Not only having one house, but having two houses. We, we, we love to consume. and even, it, it, it's, We like consuming so much that it's actually subconscious. I told you guys the other day, if I had an Apple Watch, I would run. And now it's if I have, if I have, the, if I have a wireless, wireless earphones, I'm going to run. We, everything's built upon Consumption. Did you know this? They've studied the, they, they've, these, these guys through the show. is a bunch of different authors and writers, but basically, they're down. You, know, you only, I'm going to point my finger at you. It's going to be like very, very rude, but you in your house, you only live, you only use 40% of the space in your house. You're like, why do I have this big house? You have a big house because the world said you're supposed to have a big house. That's why we have big houses. And we like them. And there's nothing wrong. If you have a big house, I, I probably live on. Unless I, I, our house is, is big enough and, and we're trying to stop having kids. I think we're done, um, but they're just all over the place and everyone needs a room and we think everyone needs a room, but that's basically, we just use, we use very little of what we have. And I don't want you to think, man, Wes is anti-stuff. I'm embarrassed to tell how many pairs of jeans I have, how many pairs of tennis shoes that I have. This minimalist thing totally screwed me up. I turned it off. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just, just disregarded it, you know, because we do that. Did you know this, that you see over 5,000 advertisements every single, every single day? 5,000. 5,000. I was what they were talking about that, you know, that cell phone carriers they used to target and, and advertise, they used to target to target the parents to get to the kids. Now they totally skip the process, and they go straight to the kids because they can get them when they're 5, 6, and 7. Then they don't have to get them when they're 17 or 27 and 37. So we begin to consume is that fair to say just not to Sasha, don't we, do we like stuff? And it's not bad if you shake your head. It's fine. We like stuff. You, you want to look nice. You want to have, you know, the je- jeans, just a different shade, just a scotch of a shade differently. You know, or the shoes. And I, don't, my wife says to me, don't you have Nikes like that? I'm like, no, these, these stripes are darker than those other, the other stripes. And I'm like trying to figure out reasons, you know, how to explain it to her. She's like, but we like to consume, the advertisers tell us, hey, we consume, and when we consume, it makes our soul tired. It makes our soul are worn down. So we have these lives, and, and, and there's they're so much built on consuming. I wrote down this, the American dream we have today is not the American dream of 1950. When it, when it came around, it's not the same. It's way different. We can consume a lot of stuff and it makes our soul tired. Um, I was I was t- I was looking at this show was basically saying um, some of you guys are going to go and watch it and be so mad at me. But basically the show was saying that clothes used to clothes used to function in seasons. They used to function in seasons. And now advertisements advertisers have taught us and I'm and I'm I'm guilty of this that seasons last one week. That shirt is, after you wear it one time, that shirt is old. You can't wear it anymore. It's done. It will, it, you, you can't wear last season stuff, and last season was, was last Sunday. <laughs> That's exhausting, right? Isn't that exhausting to think that we have so many things, advertisers coming our way and it's like, now you want to go buy a pair of running shoes. You should go buy a pair of running shoes. Now you go, to, you, go to, you go to the running. You go to the finish line, and you pass all these shoes, and those aren't even the running shoes. You have to go to the back of the mall to find the running shoes, and the casual shoes, and the training shoes, and the. We get so busy, built on consuming, that it makes our soul tired. And all, the, all of you in here today that you're professional church people, you're like, oh, this is going to be one of those. This, he's going to throw a curveball, and he's going to talk about giving. It has, this has nothing to do with giving, so if that's like, go ahead and take that out because I don't want you to miss what I'm about to say next. Go ahead and take that out of your mind. This is, I'm not going to throw a curveball on you. I don't believe it. I like fastballs <laughs> just straight down the pipe. We get so built on consuming. And maybe it's not stuff. Maybe it's relationships. I, I love relationships. I like to be in a lot of relationships, relationship junkie. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe your thing is people. Maybe it's something else, but we get so busy on consuming. I got an email from Gap yesterday that said, you deserve this new shirt. And I was like, you're right. (laughs) I mean, they sent it to me, Diana. They didn't send that email to anybody else. They sent it to me. (laughs) But I'm like, you just gave me 40% off yesterday. Like I get, I'm I'm like Gap, you give me a coupon every week. How do you make any money? Like you, every week you're sending me a 40% off. And I'm tired of deleting emails. But we get so busy with consuming. If that isn't your thing, or if that isn't our thing, that we don't, it's not consuming, it's the second thing I think that, that wears our soul down. It's the second C word, it's the word comparing. Because then we're like, well, look what they have. Well, I don't have that. I don't, you know, it's easy to be this scene like, oh, he's talking about all those genes, I only have one. It's, if you don't consume, then you, maybe you're spending time Comparing and both of those things wear down our soul. I wrote down this comparing and consuming leaves your soul tired. And we have people walking around with tired souls. Even myself, sometimes we I run so fast and so busy, sometimes in the name of Jesus, and my soul is tired. So, Les, how do I fix my soul? That's why I came today. I want, I want to fix my soul. If you have a Bible, flip over to John chapter 13. I'm going to read a passage of scripture to you. I want to give you three things that I think will help your soul get some rest and help your soul get charged back up, help your soul be on the right track. <clears throat> is this making sense? If it's, if it's making sense, nod your head. Do you feel like it's, this is somewhat truth? Like if you're, some of you guys are like, well, some of you guys can go home and some of you guys that are system people, you're going to track the steps in your home tomorrow, today. And you're going to try to validate whether or not there's a room in your house. It has no footprints in it. Not my house, because my little brats. I mean, my kids go everywhere. My kids are everywhere. But we have houses that don't have space. I mean, we have clothes. I, we could go in here Take Some of us in here today, some of, some of us. And we could go and cut our wardrobe in half and still not even be scratching the surface of all that we have. Right? Right? Like, I know, because I watched some of you guys, I mean, those are nice shoes. Some of you guys, I haven't, our church has been here for 14 months. Some of you guys haven't seen you wear the same pair of shoes. (laughs) And you're like, dude, quit talking about me. Shut your mouth. It's not a bad thing. You like fashion. So what? So, the Bible, John chapter 13. Let me read this to you. Jesus was deeply troubled, and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me, Judas. Verse 22, the disciples looked at each other, wondering who he was talking about, who he could mean. The disciples Jesus loved, the disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus at the table. Simon Peter motioned to him and he said, who do you think he's talking about? So that disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked, Lord, who is it? John saying that. John's the goody, two disciple, goody two-shoe disciple. The teacher's pet kind of guy, that's John. The rest of them are rough, rough, rough dudes doing things they shouldn't do, saying things they shouldn't say. And then there's John sitting next to Jesus, teacher's pet. And um, so they say, John asked Jesus who he's talking about. Verse 26, Jesus responded, It is the one whom I give the bread that I dip into the bowl. And when he had dipped it, he gave the bread to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, hurry and do what you're going to do. None of the others at the table know what Jesus meant. Since Judas was their master, some thought Jesus, I'm sorry, since Judas was their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give some money to the poor. So Judas left at once, going out into the night. The, the disciples are super distressed because this is at the end of Jesus' life. And he's telling the guys... One of you guys is going to betray me. It's written that one of you guys will betray me, and it's Judas. You guys have been in church a moment. You know, Judas is the one that betrays you. He betrays Jesus for some money. Now, it's ironic, and it's, it's for whatever reason, Judas is the treasure. He had all the money, but he sold Jesus out for money. He was the treasure, but he sold Jesus out. He had access to all the money, but he sold Jesus out for some coins, for some silver, and they're all they're 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 these disciples. Their souls are tired. They can relate. They're like you and I today. We're we're tired, or we're weary, or we're worn out. Maybe maybe your thing isn't consuming, or maybe your thing isn't compared. Maybe you're just maybe it's your, your situation around you. Because I think sometimes the situation around us can make our soul weary. Things that we can't even control. Because there's things around you that you can't control. You wish you could control, but you can't control. no those situations around you, it is you down. It's like pushing you further and further down. You're trying to get up. And you're, it's like we're drowning. We're trying to catch a deep breath, but our situation is getting harder and harder. I text a friend of mine, man, I'm hoping this is a great week for you physically. I'm hoping you get the answers that you're looking for. But we get to a place in our life where we're just like, man, I need a deep breath. I need a deep breath, a deep breath. But our soul is just tired. Our soul is weary. The situation around us, maybe it's not our situation. Maybe it's, maybe it's Satan. Maybe it's not Satan. Maybe it's ourself. Maybe it's what we do to ourselves. Sometimes we put ourselves in a bad situation. I said to you guys a few weeks ago, it is harder to do the wrong thing than it is to do the right thing. We get so busy consuming and comparing. I want to look at one verse, and I want to give you three things today out of, out of this passage of Scripture. The Bible says here that John, the one that Jesus loved, was sitting right next to Jesus at the table. And it seems to me in all this context of this story that John's soul is good. John's soul is fine. John's sitting there next to Jesus. And actually in the King James Version Bible, the Bible says that he's actually leaning on Jesus. He's relying, he's just leaning on Jesus. Do you have that person in your life where you're like, man, you just love to hug them? Like when you're going through a bad time, you're like, hey, I just need to, like, just get a hug. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be it's gonna be alright. Maybe for some of you guys it's your mom, maybe it's it's your dad, maybe it's your maybe it's your friend, maybe some of you guys isn't me. I don't know. Just wanna throw myself in there. John's okay. And and I wanna be okay. I wanna be able to walk through the situations around me. And I wanna be able to be be okay. I I wanna be doing fine. I want people to say, man, what's your soul? I want people to say, man, you know, my soul is clear. I feel good. I'm, I'm actually doing really, really well. Some people ask me, how are you you? I say, I'm doing great. And they're like, are you, you really mean that? Okay, no, I'm lying, man. I'm tired. <laughs> my situations, Satan, myself, those three S's sometimes just get all up in me and all up around me and try to pull me down. So I want to give you three things that will help your soul. Three things. The word soul starts with the letter S. I thought it was fitting to say that would give you three things that will help your soul. And here's the first thing I wrote down. You've got to slow your schedule. You've got to slow your schedule, me included. I don't, if, you've been, if it's your first time here today, I don't want you to think, I've said this since day one, I'm not above any of these things. I probably need to practice them the most. We love this. This is our this is what we do. We do we do church. That's that's what we do. We're gonna lead a community group of high school students on Sunday nights. We're gonna lead that. We're gonna host a groom in our home on Mondays and Wednesdays. In our home, Fraley will lead the one, and Josh we will lead the we'll sit there and we'll just attend those two groups on Mondays and Wednesdays. Sundays we'll lead our youth. Tuesdays I'll get in my car and I'll drive over to College Park and I'll lead our twenty somethings community teaching through the book of Ephesians. And I, and I and I and I myself and we as a community of people if, if we want to have a soul that's that's a well if we want a soul that's where god wants it to be at we've got to slow you have to west has to slow your schedule we have to slow our schedule it's going to be okay if you went to your schedule today and you open up your book and you just cross through some things you'll be glad you did like how do you know i know because we live such busy lives we live such super busy life. We have to slow your schedule. Here's the second thing. You got to spend time with people you love. You got to spend time with people you love. And you got to make sure those people, they love you too. <laughs> make sure you spend time with people who actually love you back. Because I think sometimes we get so busy with life and, and, and we, people don't really love us for who we are. They actually only love us for what we give them. We gotta find people who that we love and they they love us back. We gotta spend time with people you love. Here's why that's important. Have you ever hung out with Hang not have you ever? When you hang out with people that you that you that you love and you like, it just feels good. You leave you leave encouraged. Last night I went to um, I we got out of setup at we we set up for this church at five o'clock on Saturdays. When I got out of here, I went to dinner with Brooke and Fraley and Stephen. And Stephen, I've, I've, I've known, and, and Fraley, I've known them for the, the length of this church, but I knew Fraley back in high school. And I, I love both of those people. When I, we laughed and we cried from laughing. And tonight I'll go to community group, I'll drive up to, this, to the Eastside community group, because I, it helps my soul to hang out with people who I love. John is okay because he's next to the person who he loves the most, and the person who loves him the most. I love Maggie. If Ma- we go out to eat, some, some, Maggie sets up twice a month. If we go out to eat with, after set up with Maggie, I leave encouraged. I just, I, I, I just I'm encouraged by her and Lou. I, I just love them. She's a good mom. My kids love her. She loves my kids. I just leave, I leave, a, I leave my soul feels better after being around them. This week on my time, this morning on my time hop, whatever that means, if you know what that means, ask your kid, but I got, a, I had a picture pop up, a pop up from a year ago with uh, Rob and Amy who are leading the community group, and me, Diane and Rob and Amy from, we were, they were helping us with the, our youth group a year ago. We just barely met them and they said, we'll help you. And um, we're like, good, cause we're gonna ask you anyways. And my soul feels better. And just looking at the picture made my soul feel better. And I needed my soul to feel better because I woke up with a flat tire. How many of you know you need your soul to feel better after you have a flat tire? So I jumped out of the truck, I ran inside and got Diana's car keys. I went to the gas station and bought the suit. The tires are big on our truck that we pulled in. I invited to buy the super size can to fix a flat. That's $13, by the way, so that's expensive. And, and so today, after I'm gonna go find a place to fix my tire because I can't do $13 again, that'll add up. And, and I run and get that, I go back home, and I'm so busy, I can't go inside to tell Diana that. So I text her, I'm like, hey, your keys are in your nation. My soul feels better around people that I love and the people that love me. I just, I just feel better, and I can go around the room. George and Lisa, when they come here, I, I, when they're not here, I miss them. And they're busy taking care of their, their, their family, doing a great job, doing a better job than I would do. I'm selfish. But when they come and they give me a I'm like, it's good. I've known them for over eight years. I'm like, it's good. My soul's good. I'm on people I love. And with my wife and my kids today, I, I saw my kids. My, my, I was out putting the, the flags out there, and my wife comes with my four kids. And my soul got better. I love when Dinah pulls out my kids, and uh, I see them coming. You know, I'm out there putting the signs on me. I get here an hour early. than they do. I love it when Dinah honks that horn at me i think she's hitting on me primarily that's why i'm like she's like she doesn't know it's a good looking guy she's like hey who's that good looking guy you know i just play this stuff out of my mind i'm like she's just that girl's hitting on me who's that lady in the red bean hitting on me with the four kids no thanks you know i'm just kidding <clears throat> i love that my soul is better jill walked up today because this is my friend Jill gave me a hug i'm like ah yeah my soul was better jill the bass player she brought cookies today Food makes your soul better. That's a whole other sermon, right? Jessica? Like food chocolate, that stuff makes your soul better. We got to slow your schedule. You got to spend time with people you love. And here's the third thing, and most importantly, I'm laughing at my notes because I have ADD. So point one says point one next to it, point two says number two next to it, and point number three has number two next to it as well. You got to sit with Jesus more. You, you know, I, I, told, I was telling uh, two guys I was with yesterday at Starbucks and I said, you know, we wanna have fun and laugh and we want our people to hang out with Jesus and to know more about Jesus. That's all we wanna do. And I'll be honest with you, I'm not even sure which one of those, sometimes we it's it's fun first and then Jesus second with us, I know, because if it ain't fun, I think Jesus is fun. So I think, I think it ought to be fun. I think for us we like to have fun and we like to be with Jesus. And I don't, I don't care what order you put it in, judge me if you want for putting the fun first, but I think we gotta have fun and we gotta be around Jesus. I think so much of life, that's all I wanna do, I, I wanna hang out with people and I wanna talk about Jesus. I wanna hang out with people, I wanna talk about Jesus. We've gotta sit with Jesus more. John was onto something. John, the goody two-shoe disciple, he was obviously slowed down there having a meal And a meal, by the way, you guys in here today, is when you sit down and like when I think meal, I think of going to dinner with Spanish people. And here's what that means. If you haven't done that yet, you haven't lived life. If you have dinner with Spanish people, it's, hey, come over for dinner. When you get there, they haven't even started cooking yet. White culture, white people, that's half of me. So I'm not judging you, when you get there, White people have the food ready. Sit down. There's bread for you. What can I introduce you to in drink? Sp- my Spanish friends like, yo, come on in. The food we getting started. The refrigerator's over there. Get yourself your own drink and, and take your shoes off. I don't want you messing with my floor. My mouth's right for you. Got here. That's Spanish people. That's just what you get with them. I love that. You got to watch them cook the meal, and it's it's a labor of love. It's a whole experience. Am I right? Spanish people, just nod your head, say amen. I mean, however you say it. That's just a, It's an experience. You gotta, we gotta slow our schedule I would do some of you well when the Bible says that we're supposed to eat and drink together and laugh together. It's literal. It isn't like a figuratively speaking. We ought to do that more. My mother-in-law brings us all over. You guys come sit and eat. She serves us all. She ought to just eat before we get there because she doesn't sit down until we're all served. Like, I don't like cold food. So I, I applaud you for doing that. I eat my food first, every man for himself. And I'm like, hey, hon, do you need help? My food's gone. Do you need help now. We gotta slow our schedules down. We gotta spend time with people. and We gotta sit more in Jesus. If I could encourage you to do anything in 2017. I want you to be able to look back and say, "I spent way more time with Jesus." Some of you guys is coming to church. You've been here every single Sunday since you've been here four Sundays in a row. You're like that's my thing. I'm committed to coming to church every single Sunday. The average person in America goes to church twice a month. Some of you guys are like I'm coming every single week. I'm going to go 50 times this year, 52 times. You've been here every single. Lee texted me back. I said, "Man, I'm sorry, miss." He's like, "I don't know what that's like to miss." I've never missed church once since I started coming three or four months. you have not missed a single Sunday. This is a good start, and it's not all about church. This is a great place to be. It'll help your soul. But sitting with this guy, sitting with Jesus, this guy, there's he a little more respect than that. Sitting with Jesus in this word, in this book, it, it, this, it'll make your soul well. It'll do your soul some well to spend time just, just reading through this thing. It encouraged me to know that the goody-two-shoe disciple John wanted us to know. In the midst of all this turmoil, Jesus is about to go to the cross for your sins and my sins, and Jesus, and, and John's well. Everything's well with John's soul. He's reclining next to Jesus. He's sitting with Jesus. And we can do the same thing today. I'm going to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.